listening to the Nonstop Mom podcast, where you'll gain scriptural insight that will help you effectively raise next generation leaders. Here's your host, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Hey, ladies, welcome back to Nonstop Mom podcast. I am Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Thank you so much for uh, joining me this week. It has been a pleasure, a pleasure to get to do this for a little over a year now. Uh, There's close to 2,000 women. I won't even say moms because it's just grown past that. There's almost 2,000 women in the private Facebook group. I have enjoyed meeting some of you as I uh, travel and and go to different places, and it is wonderful to hear from you. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for writing. Um, If you have any questions uh, in regards to anything you've heard or just anything in general, feel free to send them to me. Uh, You can uh, find my email at nonstopmom.net. You can reach me at Instagram under my name, Carolyn Shuttlesworth, or you can write me on Facebook. Uh, Either way, uh, you can reach me and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get podcast ideas. And um, I just want to, you know, I want to befriend you. I enjoy speaking with you and um, and being a part of the group. So make sure if you aren't a part of the Facebook group to go ahead and uh, like it and then join the group because I do a lot of things within the group that I do uh, in there more than I do outside of on just the regular page. So um, I wanted to get into a subject today on uh, flourishing. Uh, I live in South Florida and one of the main things I get to look at all day long is a palm tree. And I was reading this verse uh, the other day in uh, Psalm 92, and we'll start with Psalm 92:12, And it says, But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. So, you know, he must really like these and there's a reason why they're transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit and they will remain vital and green. And I was thinking about this because, you know, definitely with the times that's going on right now and, you know, This might be a podcast that someone listens to much later, but they'll always remember the coronavirus because it's it's changed things right now around our world that we've never even done. We've never done lockdowns. We've never done, you know, whole quarantines. We've never done where pretty much everything shuts down and people are losing their jobs. And, you know, it just really feels like the unknown to a lot of people. And... You know, it it is a wonderful time right now for the body of Christ and for Christians. And I know you're thinking, what the heck are you talking about, Carolyn? But I'm telling you, to know the answer, to know uh, that we're going to be okay, to know that we're protected, to know that, you know, we're not going to get sick. And you're thinking, man, that's a really bold statement. But the Bible is bold. If you understand the words of the Bible, it's bold. And we have to realize that when we confess it, when we say it, as a child of God, we have that right to be bold. 
Being filled with the Holy Spirit gives us that boldness. So we have to declare the goodness of God all the time, even in a time where it looks like a famine, even in a time where it looks like, you know, my kids are out of school for the rest of the year. I don't even know if I have a job. I don't even know, you know, the whole like unknown. Where are we going to pay our bills? Uh, how? Why? When? You know, all these questions that come to our mind. But we have to understand and get the peace of God on the situation. And we've got to relax and we have to know that we're called to flourish. So when I read those verses and it's something that you can go back and do, or if you're sitting at home listening to this, grab your Bible and go and highlight Psalm 92, 12 through 14. I'm going to read it again because it it's so peaceful just to read it. It just assures you that you have the ability to produce fruit, to um, to be wealthy, to be at peace, to be calm, to be healthy, to flourish, to flourish in every season at all times. So Psalm 92, 12, I'm going to read it one more time. But the godly, that's us, godly, the righteous, the right standing, will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. And I'm just going on to the next one because I love love Psalms. It's one of my favorites. Verse 15, they will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. So just know if you're new to following me or new to listening, love that bottom verse because it's just a side note. None of this is sent by God. None of this is trying to destroy God's, you know, people because he's trying to teach everyone a lesson. There is an enemy, a real enemy in John 10, 10 that's sent to kill, steal, and destroy. And the only thing God's wanting to do for us is give us life and life more abundantly. So we have to realize that there is a real enemy and it's not God. It's the devil. And we are more than conquerors and we're coming out of this. And this whole mess, this whole thing is going to be done with so fast. Everyone thinks it's going to be dragged out to the summer. Just don't even worry about it. You are protected. Everything is fine. Live life as normal. Don't freak out and just calm down and realize what I'm getting ready to teach you about flourishing is something as a as a godly person, as you that's listening, is going to walk in. So I looked up the word um, <clears throat> to flourish because sometimes when I find these words, I'm I like to connect them in with my verses, and it says to grow healthy or in a vigorous way, especially as a result of favorable environment. So think about that. What does your environment look like right now? What is your favorable environment? That's what it means to flourish, to grow healthy in a vigorous way, especially as a result of favorable environment. So then I started thinking, you know, palm trees is like one of my favorite trees. They're really like the prettiest thing to look at, especially when you're down in Florida and you've got the sunsets and you see them as the skies are changing. Really, really cool. And... um. 
I learned that they don't just grow in warm weather, that they can actually grow in sub-zero climate. So honestly, a palm tree can live in any climate. So it's pretty cool that that verse in Psalms 92 says, if you see the connection, (laughs) they're transplanted to God's own house. They're something that can be fruitful in every season. It's not going to die and then come back, die in the winter, come back in the summer. It's something that can bear fruit in each season. So we have to understand, number one, that our position is sure. And how do I know our position is sure? If you turn with me, I hope you have your Bibles. I'm pulling mine up right now. Of course, it's not working. There we go. I'm using my phone instead of my pages, so you're not hearing me going with all my my (laughs) Bible pages as I'm quickly turning. So if you read um, Psalms, let's do Psalms 1, 2 through 3. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Their leaves never wither and prosper in all they do. And it said right above it, bearing fruit each season. Each season. That means a season where there's the coronavirus and jobs are shutting down. You're going to bear fruit. A season where um, maybe you're in sales and it's slow because, you know, they, whatever society says, it's not the right weather. It's not the right this. You know, I just had a powerful testimony from Jenna, who works in our ministry, saying that, you know, they were her husband works for an alarm company and he has to go to people's houses. Well, obviously, you know, right now this is a bad time because they're not letting people and they're talking about social distancing and all this stuff, you know, but he had his best two weeks during a time where you would think, um, People don't want to talk to anyone. People want to stay away. People aren't spending money. He's had his best two weeks in the last two weeks that with all the stuff that's going on because they're godly and they understand what the Bible says. They're faithful givers and they realize that it doesn't apply to them. That's what we have to understand. It doesn't apply to them. What's going on around you does not apply to the child of God. We will not suffer for what's going on. We've got wisdom of the Holy Ghost. We have favor. We have protection. We have blessing. It's important to live right. It's important to live holy. It's important to live righteous and godly, especially in these times. Especially in these times. You're not going to be a lukewarm Christian and think you're going to get the same thing that I have. It's not happening. I know people think we're all on the same plane, but it, it you know, plane meaning the same line, but it's, it's not true. It is not true. Your dedication needs to be strong and after the things of God to receive the things of God that I'm talking about. And so realize that your position is sure. So right, if you want to highlight Psalm 1, 2 through 3 and realize that you can bear fruit in each season. There's this really cool story that my father-in-law um, <clears throat> tells in meetings about this watermelon farmer who is going, and it's not a story he heard, it was actually at one of his meetings up in the Midwest. 
And there was like a famine going on and they were having uh, drought and nothing was growing and farms were really like taking a hit. And um, he came to my father-in-law's meeting and he was like, you know, Brother Ted, do you do you like watermelon? And uh, my father-in-law was like, yeah, you know, I've got my kids. I love watermelon. Honestly, who doesn't? It's a phenomenal fruit. <laughs> but um, I was like, you know, listening to the story and he was like, yeah, we love watermelon. Well, he came with crates of watermelon the next night to his meetings and my father-in-law was like what in the world like farmers are are closing down left and right and um you know these are massive watermelons and they're they're ripe and like what's going on and he said I want you to come to my farm tomorrow and I want to show you something so when he went to his farm uh he he I mean it was it was prosperous looking. It was green. Things were growing. And he took my father-in-law around the property and showed that he took oil and anointed the fence post that was around his property, declaring that nothing could bother his crops, nothing could bother his business, nothing could, um, uh, you know, cause a famine nothing could everything would stay normal everything would flourish and he anointed each fence post with oil and uh and not, and when that when that drought came when that you know farther farmers were closing down he was able to continue as normal and that's what I'm trying to get to everybody in in this podcast is we're going to continue as normal You know, I've had a few people upset with me when I've said that. You know, well, things are not normal for us, Carolyn. And then I get a list. And then I get a list. And it's like, listen, I could look at it the exact same way you are. But you you realize that that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. Because what happens when you start thinking that way? When you start meditating on that? When you start confessing that? It leaks into the rest of the household. My kids do not need to be concerned with a virus, with the effects of it, what it's going to do to the family, what it's doing to the bank account. It's none of their business and it's none of their concern and kids never need to feel the effect of that. And it doesn't even need to come out of our mouths. And, and, and so things need to be normal and they can be normal. And we don't need to freak out. We just need to be calm and realize God's called us to what? To flourish, to prosper, to bear fruit in each season. And so when people say things like that to you, you don't have to get mad at them. You don't have to be snippy back. You don't have to, you know, just smile and wave, (laughs) you know. I deal with a lot of people that, you know, you'd think they'd would want to learn rather than walk in a state of offense because you're living the way the Bible does, but you're just going to meet all different kinds of people like that. And you know what? Love them with the love of Jesus. Show them that it works by your fruit. Show them that it works by your joy, by your love. And, you know, and then it's up to them to grab onto it. 
and then it's up to them to grab onto it. So don't get mad at people in this time if they don't believe the same way, if they, you know, don't understand what you're doing. That's the one thing, you know, side note here is people don't have to understand what you're doing. As long as you're doing what the Lord's called you to do, as long as you're doing what the Lord's told you to do, it doesn't matter if anybody else understands because you look at it this way. I don't answer to anybody else. I don't answer to anybody else. I answer to one person and it's Jesus. And as long as I'm being obedient, as long as I'm being led by the Spirit, as long as I'm obeying Him, then that's all that matters. That's what will bring the joy. That's what will bring the peace. That's what's, you know, going to keep everything even keel and making you feel uh, like everything's going to be all right, as long as you answer to Him. So don't worry about what anyone else has to say to you. So realize, number one, your position is sure. You know, I was thinking, when I was thinking of that, um, what was it, the farmer story, I was thinking about the story of, of, uh, of um, Joseph. Everyone knows, <clears throat> and I don't mean, uh, you know, the story in Genesis where Joseph and um, the Pharaoh story about the famine that was coming to the land. And so I was thinking about, you know, you, you can go back and read it. I believe it's in Genesis somewhere in like the 30s, 37 when I read it, read it the other day, 37, Genesis 40, something like that. But it's right in that, right in that area. And you, and you realize, you know, <laughs> a, a few things from that story. Joseph always relied on God. He had some pretty tough times, right? I mean, everyone knows the story that um, what his his family turned his back on him. What else? He was his brothers sold him into slavery. Oh, that's real kind. What else? Uh, he was wrongly accused of a crime, right? That he didn't even commit. His friends forgot about him. He could have really lost the faith and been like, okay, I think I'm going to go a different direction in my life. (laughs) I mean, but his faith never wavered. His faith never wavered. And what was the result of that? When he he, um, got taken up by Pharaoh, he ended up being um, rewarded by Pharaoh. And Pharaoh put him in charge of Egypt. You know, put fine linen on him. He went from like, being sold to slavery and pushed in like a ditch to wearing, you know, fine jewelry, robes, fine linen. Uh, so it, it really being staying in faith and being grounded and moving forward and not letting those outside things determine anything or define anything uh, really changed his life. And then um, we also see that... Uh, uh, biblical wisdom that he had, right? He There was a famine. He told the Pharaoh, we're going to save and be prepared for seven years. And then when the famine hit, they were um, covered. They had everything that they needed. So using wisdom throughout our life can prepare you for anything that comes in the future. And that wisdom comes being filled with the Holy Spirit, hearing from the Lord, you know, has nothing to do, 
with um, with fear. We use bi- biblical wisdom. Joseph had that. He heard from God. He he um, deciphered the dreams the Pharaoh had, and he was able to see the future. The Bible says that God has a plan for our life. We can know that plan. We're not blindly walking through life with an out an understanding from the Word of God. We have a plan, and the Bible gives us uh, ability to get to that plan, to walk it out. The steps of a righteous man are ordered, the Word of God says. So we have the ability to, to walk out what it is. So number two, your victory is sure. <clears throat> During this time, your victory is sure. I know a lot of you guys have heard the story of Madeline being sick. And, you know, if you haven't, you might hear it in the future or in past podcasts, or if any of you listen to my husband preaching, it's a phenomenal testimony. But not often it gets brought up that Brooklyn got attacked in her body. And, you know, these attacks always happen on the road in a meeting uh, when you're trying to focus on the things of God and miracles and and the ministry. And, um, you know, and our children got really sick. I don't mean like cold sick. I mean like I was in the hotel in Brooklyn, stopped breathing sick. And, and Ted's at a meeting, and so I had to, uh, when he got back to the hotel, you know, she was like kind of gasping for breath and taking little ones, so we were in Florida, and I had to take her to the Jackson uh, Children's Jacksonville Children's Hospital. Well, you know, I had made a decision about shots and stuff before, to make a long story short, I had made a decision based on um, the Lord giving me some direction and I, um, said, you know, this, this is a decision we're making and we're sticking with it. Lord, help us be strong. Okay. Fast forward. Brooklyn gets very sick. We have to take her to ICU. Of course, those questions are brought up and it's just the enemy saying, told you so, see if you would have done this. And at that moment, People like to waver. It's like, man, you know what? I'm a bad parent. Shoot, I missed it. That really wasn't God. But you got to know, you got to know that you know that you know. Listen up, ladies. You got to, anyone who's a mom, if you're, you know, these are decisions you'll have to do over your own life too. But when you're making them for your children, you got to know that you know that you know. And I knew. I knew the decision I made was uh, by the Lord and something I was going to stick with. The Bible says that the sheep can hear the shepherd's voice. So when you hear that voice and you get an instruction, you just stick with it. Be strong, be a rock, and stick with it. Know the voice. See, I, I know the voice. I know the Lord's voice not confused about it. I'm not going to make a decision because I heard it and then I'm questioned later, like, did I make the right decision? It's because I know his voice. So when he spoke to me, I knew it, stuck with it. And when you have to make decisions like that, and, and they could be hard or they could be ones that people don't agree with that might try to talk you out of it later, simply say a prayer and say, Lord, I've made this decision based on what you've told me. Now I need you to help me be strong. I need you to help me uh, stand my ground when people come against this decision. And don't let me waver in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then move on. 
So Brooklyn got sick, and make a long story short, she didn't have to take any medication or anything. It was RSV. RSV, I think is the name of it. I don't even remember. But she had to go in ICU. She had to be on oxygen. We had to get her her numbers regulated. And so she's three and a half months old and I'm breastfeeding. I couldn't breastfeed her for two days because she's was only on oxygen in um, the IV. And, you know, so I'm still pumping around the clock at the hospital. I was exhausted. I'm on the road. Madeline is with Ted going to meetings at the hotel. They're coming to visit me in the lobby because they couldn't come up to ICU. Oh, it was, it was, it was awful. It was awful. And it was eight days on the road. Well, we get released eight days later. We had one more church meeting in Florida before we went home. Brought her in the anointing. Uh, came home, and then Ted had to leave a few days later up to Maine to preach. Well, um, I th- just with all of that, you know, uh, I, just with everything going on, I could not focus on Madeline, and she ended up coming down with a terrible, a terrible fever when we got home. Let me tell you, I was ticked. I was so mad because I thought I just spent (laughs) so many days in the hospital and I am so tired. I don't want to deal with another medical doctor, another bill, another anything that has to do with medical. I'm done. Like I was really done. My Both of my daughters had been attacked and been in the hospital, and I was just done. You know, ladies, you got to be done. And I always have believed in great faith in healing and healing and stuff, but the thing you have to realize is you can never, ever put a cap on your faith. So you may think you know everything about healing, but let me tell you, keep studying it out. Keep getting the revelation because it makes your spirit man feel strong. So there's topics out there you might think you know of giving, healing, joy, you know, anything like that. Keep studying it out because your faith can never, ever get capped. It can just grow and grow and grow. And let me tell you, I was done. And, you know, everybody thinks they mean well and they were saying, just take her to patient first. Just take her in. I was like, I am not leaving this house. This is it. This is it. Armor's on. I'm going to battle. I'm done. There, no, none of my kids are going through any of this again. Like it was the, it was a moment that I remember that it was like I am done. I just fought a battle with Brooklyn, praying for her, keeping her, you know, getting her healed in the hospital, uh, going through all of that, and I'm not doing it again. So I went to Mark 1, 29 through 31, and I was just reading the Bible. I didn't even look this verse up specifically. But while I'm sitting with Madeline, and she's got like 104 fever, I come across these verses. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simeon and Andrew's home. Now, I'm sorry, Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. And I was like, what? Yes. That's the situation right now. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared prepared a meal for them. I said, I am taking on, and I'm grabbing hold of this verse. 
with a bulldog faith. And I'm not letting go, Lord. I'm not letting go. I'm not giving her medication. I Now listen, ladies, I'm not, I, I don't advise anyone to do it unless your faith level is up at, and ready for the fight. So I'll never tell anybody to not do anything, you know, you guys have to get it for yourself. You guys have to get the revelation of it for yourself and stick with it and go after it. But I was done. I was done and I was ready for battle. And let's just say I stood on that verse. Madeline was healed. She was fine. And my kids have never been sick since. Never been sick since. My kids don't get fevers. They don't get sick. They live in divine healing. And that's something that you guys can get to, too, with your own body, with your kids, whatever you're believing for. It's not far off. There's not anything, you know, Carolyn's just so special and this and that. No, it's I'm going after it. I'm going after the word. What I'm, I'm taking the word of God for face value. What it says, I'm going to get out of it. Hey, what I'm promised, I want. You don't go to a birthday party your birthday party and your presents are sitting on the table and you just stretch your hands towards the present table and say, oh God, I believe those presents are mine. Oh Lord, those gifts are mine. In the name of Jesus, I call those gifts mine. No, it's your birthday party. Those presents are yours. Guess what? Get up, go to the table, open your presents and see what you got. See, picture that. God's given us a benefits package for us as believers. He wants us to be healthy, wealthy, wise, and full of the Holy Ghost. All of that is sitting on a table in front of you, wrapped up in a beautiful bow and paper. Don't just keep sitting there stretching your hands towards it and asking God to give it to you. Get up and go get it. Get up and go get it. Don't get too busy with cooking, cleaning kids that you don't, you miss out. How are you supposed to impart to the rest of the family if you're dried up? Get in it. Make time anytime. Make time anytime. If you've had time, you know, I'll get messages, people saying, um, I'm so busy. I've, I've walked away from the Lord. I I haven't, I haven't been with the Lord. I've been so busy with house stuff and cooking and cleaning and family. But let me tell you, I'm sure you've watched a Netflix show in there somewhere. Switch it around. Don't worry about the show so much. Spend some time in the Word of God. Get filled up so you don't feel drained and you feel like you can't do this and you feel lost and you feel upset. You've got to get into the Word of God. You've got to get into the word of God. So number two, your victory is sure. Why must we change the power of Jesus here just because there's a pharmacy on every corner? If people in third, I always, when I read stories of people in third world countries, you know, they believe in the power of his healing with no options. No options. There's no plan B. They can't run to this and that. So be strong. Be strong. We can treat ourselves the same way. There's no difference. We can live in victory every day over every area of our life. Okay? So number one, your position is sure. Number two, your victory is sure. And number three, 
going into your harvest is sure. Your harvest is sure. If we are to flourish, okay, like the palm trees that I'm talking about that I mentioned at the beginning of this and mentioned in, in Psalm 92, he's going to entrust us with the largest seeds. And by that, we're going to produce what? The largest offerings. And then we'll reap the largest harvest. So we have to picture that, um, uh, what's an easy way to, okay, so just like God did with Jesus, right? He was the largest seed sown and reaped a harvest of what? Us, Christians, to carry out the works of Jesus and to do it even greater. So you have to realize that it doesn't matter what season you're in, your harvest is sure as long as you are a giver. And I don't just mean your tithes because your tithes is not giving. That's where we have to like um, <clears throat> kind of switch our mind is tithes is just returning what belongs to God already. So that 10% that we give is just returning it. We borrowed it. Now we're returning it to the owner, God. That is what tithes are. What brings in the harvest, what brings in the offering, what brings in the overflow is the offerings. That's why it says tithes and offerings in the word of God. So don't let this be a time where you hear so many things about the economy and stuff shutting down and possibly losing jobs and this and that and this and that and start hoarding your money. The ground doesn't change for us as believers because of what's going on in the world. Remember, we're not of the world even though we're in it. Our citizenship belongs somewhere else. So we have to keep doing kingdom principles because we're not under this citizenship. We're under another citizenship. So always give no matter what is going on around you. Keep that ground filled with seed because if you keep it sporadic, a seed here, you know, maybe another seed down the line a long way. You know, that's when your offerings are coming back sporadically. But if you want to keep reaping and reaping and reaping, get that seed in the ground often and quickly. We don't need to hang on to it. We don't hoard our seed because it can't grow. You can't put a seed in the ground and, and expect, you know, you got to expect it to grow. You got to water it with the word, water it with your confession, and expect it to grow. Um, not long ago, we were uh, we were at a church, and um, I wanted to give some other kids some money. And uh, so when I saw these children, I I grabbed my wallet and I gave them some cash to go shopping. And just I think it was like the next night. Someone asked, can I, can I bless your kids with some money? And as soon, as soon as uh, that happened, it like just completely came to me. My seed that I gave to those other children became my children's harvest. Think about that. Think about that. God's largest seed became our harvest. 
We don't have to be broke. We don't have to be sick. We don't have to be diseased. We don't have to have anxiety and fear. We don't have to live in poverty. We, we don't have to, you know what I mean? We don't need to live under God's best for us. My seed became my children's harvest. I sowed to other children. Somebody decided to bless my children. God sowed his largest seed. It became our harvest. So just know you're never going to lack. You're always going to have seed to sow. Make sure you plant it and you don't eat it. Bread's for eating, like the Bible says. Seed is for sowing. So just remember, during this time that you're going through, you are going to flourish. You're going to bear fruit in every season. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Don't look at the situation. Don't say, oh, but Carolyn, I've lost my job, you know, or things are slowing down. Listen, remember this. Someone else's story is not your story. What's your story? Open up the word of God. That's your story. You can live far above. I mean, there, there's times in my life, you know, that... I look back and I'm, when I'm adding up our giving that we, you know, my husband and I have made a vow that every year we're giving far more than we gave the last year. And for the last 15 years of marriage, we have kept that vow and not one year has been less than the other. We plan every year to give more than we ever have. And, and you know, the thing is, sometimes I get to the end of the year and I am... Uh, adding up everything and getting ready to turn it into my CPA. And I'm just like, I don't even know how he did it. I don't even know how he did it. I, I, you can't plan for that stuff. When it comes to giving, you got to give. You got to give. You don't plan. You don't say, I'm going to have this much. This is what I'm doing. Listen, that kind of stuff has to come out of your heart, has to come out of, you know, you... Uh, being a giver and wanting to receive the the largest offerings that you uh, offerings you can tell that I'm in church a lot the largest <laughs> overflow <laughs> the largest overflow uh, you know that you need in your life and for your family by being a giver so you have to understand that when you flourish. You are promised and it's, it's assured that these things are going to be given to you. That these things, that your position stays sure, your victory stays sure, and your harvest stays sure. That's it. Do not worry about what's going on. Do not, do not worry about it. Don't let it phase you. Just stay strong. Keep moving on. God's going to bless you. Don't, don't retreat. Don't withdraw back. You, you are going to be like in Psalm 1 where you bear fruit in each season. Just go after it. Don't even think about how it's going to come. That's the problem. We get our natural mindset on things and we think about stuff too much. Just do it. Just do it. You're going to flourish. I love you. Thank you for listening this week. Make sure you tune in. Um, Every week I drop podcasts. Uh, sometimes I'll pop on and do some Facebook Lives. I love the Bless You Ladies. Make sure you're a part of the group so I can put in surprises in there. 
And if you have any questions, if you want to reach out, make sure you send me a message. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you can reach me at nonstopmom.net, Instagram, Carolyn Shuttlesworth, or on Facebook, uh, and I will get back with you. Thank you so much. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. And until next time.